I'd like to give a big shout out to the Hoodoo Gurus who have given us permission to use part of their song, That's My Team, as our new podcast episode intro for all of their music. And whenever they are going live or performing live, head to their Facebook and their Instagram. The links will be in the description below. Be sure to give them a like and a follow as well on Facebook and Instagram. Hello everyone, welcome back to the Final Tucker Podcast and today's guest is Stephen Wilde. He played over 360 games first class, you could say, or first grade, which is more or less unheard of. He played for Wigan, Huddersfield, Salford and the now unfortunately defunct Crusaders. Thank you for joining us here today. It's a pleasure guys and thanks for having me. Nah, nah, the pleasure's all ours mate. Um, so I guess obviously let's get started. You made your first class debut for Wigan. Uh, what was that like and were they your academy club? Yeah, so, yeah, I, I started the, probably on the, it was called a scholarship scheme at the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I was one of the first to, to start it, and it was like a part-time training contract working full-time. Okay, so uh, like so, a training trial type contract? Yeah, yeah, so you kind of had to earn it then, and I think they still have it now. These days where they bring them in really young, but put them a little bit early. So we was about 17, about four or five of us. Okay. I worked through the academy, and at the time, uh, it was called the A-team, so slightly a bit older, between 18 to 21, 22-year-olds. And then made my debut for my hometown club, which was probably like a boy or dream for me. Um, I'm playing with some of the some of the guys that you know I was watching you know, three, four years before. So, yeah, so it was like a, probably one of the big ticks on my career to play with, with some of my heroes and and. They were coming to the end of their career and I was just starting mine off and, and picked up a lot of um, tips, attributes and, you know, just things I carried on pretty much the rest of my career. Yeah, no, nah, that's fair. That would have, yeah, I was, I was about to say, the old heads that not just were like idols to you, but they would have really helped you guide you in your first year or so and you probably would have taken a lot on board of what they had to you know offer throughout your career which spanned over 360 career games and i think it was 365 if i'm if i'm not mistaken um you then went over to huddersfield uh what was the difference like there over in huddersfield uh it was a massive culture shock um leaving wigan we we they were like the, the premier team at the time. They, they got everything, you know. We had the best gyms, we had the best training facilities, best coaching staff. We had everything. And then we went to Huddersfield, which had, uh, at the time, hardly anything, hardly any coaches. We were training in a, a backstreet gym at the back of a, it was pretty much like a shed. Okay. Um, and we were just training on a council field in, on the you know, middle of the road and stuff. It, so you went from like top end facilities yeah. to the polar opposite of that sort of thing. Yeah. And, and I kind of got sold to this field was it, I, I could still live in Wigan. I've never moved out to Wigan. So it was a 45 minute drive. Okay. Which, 40, yeah, brilliant, um, which turned up most days be two hours, two and a half hour drive because of traffic. So, you know, mm. traveling 15, 20 minutes to Wigan. You know, to training ground, to two and a half hours, three hours, into pre-season, which is one of the, you know, the toughest times mentally and physically anyway, into cold backstreet garages. And it, it really, I, I think I remember coming home that first week going, I can't handle this anymore. You know, that first week was a massive shock. Um, but I think because it was four or five of us travelling every day, I think, 
you know, everybody picks you up. You have one bike. Yeah, did, did a bit of a carpool sort of yeah. thing. And yeah. and also, yeah, that, that, that would help. Um, So did you have some teammates from Wigan go to Huddersfield with you sort of thing? Or was it just from the area in general? So I, I was quite lucky. And that's probably what uh, persuaded to me to go to Huddersfield at the time. One of my good mates, he went probably, I think it was 12 months, two years before me. Uh, studio owns who was at Wigan Academy mm-hmm. and then me and Martin Aspinwall left at Wigan at the same time and we both signed on so we had three of us what was five minutes from each other then we, we met up with a couple of guys who was in the area as well I think at one stage there was about nine or ten of us travelling oh wow uh, an area so there was quite a few reports from the Wigan area <laughs> uh, which made it all fun and, and, and better for us the more the better it was yeah. at the time yeah now nah, for sure um, and then again you more or less up up ship a bit after after a few years at Huddersfield and went over to Salford back into the Lancashire areas um what was it like playing for Salford was it again a massive culture shock did they have the facilities did they not what was it like there yeah I, I can't I was, I was a lot more mature then and, and a bit more old I did think leaving Huddersfield was a big uh, step in my career it was it was due to injuries um you know I acquired a couple of serious injuries and the, the club stuck by me and then pretty much told me that I had 12 months left. They were going to help me get through my injuries and, you know, I should start looking for a club. So I always knew I was always leaving, mm-hmm. uh, which I thank the club for that because, you know, it gave me the time to prep myself mentally. To yeah, the club that's uh, really good of them to do that. Yeah, and I, I went to Salford. I knew what was going at Salford. I pretty much teed it up as going to Huddersfield again, you know, back in the back street games, facilities. Well, I think what sold me with Salford was the players they were signing at the time. You know, we had Luke Patton signed, uh, we had Becca Palacini, you know, the big old heads. Um, we were playing Super League and played hundreds of games itself. So that kind of sold it. And then I thought, if we have, you know, six or seven old heads who's done it, then the transition of getting Salford work, what his field was when I left, would be a lot easier than yeah. Was well, with names like Luke Patton, as you said, like he played a few, a, a solid few hundred in the NRL, so he was definitely a seasoned player for sure. Yeah, and uh, you know, it's the first time I met uh, the general at the time uh, when he came <laughs> over, and, um, and I think without people like him and, and Daniel Allsworth, uh, he was there already, and Ray Cashmere, with some of the, the, the imports they brought, um, I don't think Salford would have, would have done so well at the time. They were going through a lot of money problems off the field, and they were moving to a new stadium, which you know was a real roller coaster for them. them Two, three years over there and uh you know, three four coaches at a time two owners three owners so wow keep going on the, on the field was was really tough we had enough i think when we moved in the new stadium um again the club was really honest with us they give us the option to leave but we, we try to stick together as, as a team um I, I remember we had no training facilities at all that that time it was oh wow i think we turned up to pre-season without any rugby balls or anything that would have been so tough yeah, luckily we had, it was the people around us, you know, if we didn't have people like Luke and that, yeah, I think it would have been a lot tougher. We, we kind of took a little pinch of salt and, and, and just helped each other through it and, you know, we had a good go. Uh, Do you think it made you a better person and better player for it, more or less going through the toughest of times with a club sort of thing? Yeah, I think you appreciate a lot, you know, what you've done in Greece. I think because a lot of us were a lot older as mm. well, so we are all coming to the back end of our career um you kind of appreciate your career a little bit more and and, and what you've done mm-hmm. i think i've gone for my career kind of just yeah i've done that played at wigan don't know how many games i've played you know playing finals yeah really 
And when you actually sit back and think, you know, played in front of 60,000 at Wembley, and, you know, played, I did, you know, played 360 something games, I know I played 300 plus, but I think it just gives you that, you know, you, you've achieved a lot and, and, and appreciate what you've got. And I think once we go through that for first two years, I think it was really tough. I think each game, each week was just a bonus for us. It was just, you know, we're here together. Last time we're ever going to all be as, mm. as a group of people. Yep. Um, we're going to go back home. People are going to move on. And, and we never knew we were going to be playing one week scraps or, yep. you know, bank for the club. So we just took each week as it come. And, and thankfully we've got and- to see the United yeah, and so pretty much every week was a win, even if you lost, sort of thing. Yeah, and, and we lost quite a few. Uh, <laughs> I didn't know that. Lost, yeah, we lost quite a few. We, 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 we had no training staff. We had, you know, two people, three people doing everything. Uh, yep. Yeah. Uh, players, we had, you know, Birmingham of 19, 20 players and stuff. So, you know, we were playing with lots of injuries and we were just trying to get people just to turn up to the games and stuff. And, but we we was prepared to do that for the club and, and and get the club through and thankfully you know the clubs you know for the last probably two three years they've, they've progressed. And mm. They did really well last year. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think it's people like ourselves what kind of did that the hard yards years ago to mm. to build the foundations of what it is now. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know watching them on TV and, and last year was a, a prime example watching them in the final. You know, it was a proud moment for probably for all the guys who'd, who'd done it tough all them years and all the coaching staff that done it tough as well. No, that's true. Um, and then you went over to your last club for, for the Super League time, which is the now defunct Crusaders. What was it like going over and playing? I think they were based in Wales, as far as I'm led to believe. Um, yeah. What What was it like, again, first of all, hauling us to another country and also um, playing for, yeah, the Crusaders? It, it's probably one of the probably most funnest times I've had. Mm-hmm. Um, we dropped down a division for me, so that was a... To the a championship, game. was it? Yeah, to the championship, so it was a... They'd just got promoted at the time, and, and I was kind of ready to retire after Salford. I think mentally, it, it drained me going through them three years at Salford, and, and my body was broken. Mm. Um, I remember being on holiday, thinking, what do we do next? You know, I, I'm ready to move on, and then I got a phone call of the coaches at, at Crusaders, can we just meet up, have a little chat? And... If you just saw it, mate, it was it was almost going back to part time for me. So it was, it was it was it was a good way to still be involved and play, yeah. but also ease into retirement sort of thing. Yeah, so that, that's kind of how it's up. You know, I can I can I don't have to go into a full time job at the time. I just set up my own gym, so it, it was a good transition. Um, and dropping down the division, uh, you know, I just thought well, not under as much not a yeah not yeah. as much scrutiny. They just got promoted, so they were just happy to, you know, to, to stay in that league. I think mm-hmm. a lot of teams... just avoid relegation would have been the goal, sort of thing. Yeah. Um, so I went down, and, and again, there was probably five, six lads from the beginner. I never met any of them before. Some semi-pro, some pro guys, um, and it was probably I kind of fell back in love with the rugby again. I think okay. No we turn up, we'd have that, that that laugh in the changing rooms. You know what I used to have when I was 16, 17, and yeah, uh, we did really well that first year. And sadly, the, the rules changed after through the year. They ended up uh, relegating five teams out of I think it was twelve. That's not too fair. Oh, spewing. So, yeah, for, you know, it was only two teams. Good That's a stitch and, up, isn't it? In my opinion, yeah. <laughs> it was a new structuring of, of, of the Super League, the Championship, and the lower division. So we. 
you know, we, we got it tough and, and it, it kind of crippled the club again. It, you know, they put a lot of money, they signed a lot of players mm. to stay in that league. Um, and we had a new coach at the time called Anton Murray and he's still there now. And really good friends with him and he just said to me, do you fancy dropping down another division? Um, I, I, I just went, oh, I don't think, I, I, it kind of, it's, it's going even more amateur and actually thought playing in the championship it wasn't having the toll on my body, you know, which was a good thing. Mm. But, you know, not training three, two, three times a day. I was kind of missing that side of it as well. Okay. And I couldn't go into another division where we was training once, twice a week. Um, would it, would I want that? Would it, you know, would it turn into a chore then to turn up and play? Uh, yeah. Just, he just said, give it a go. If you want, you can stay in the championship. You can look for Super League or you can come down with other options yours. And sat down at all and just said, what's priority? I want to still enjoy myself, have a have a life of playing rugby, or do I actually want to, you know, try and get back in Super League? Try and give it one more crack, sort of thing. Yeah, um, and I kind of just went through a few few things and just thought I need to start looking, you know, a bit further on in my career. I need to start looking, you know, what I want to do, you know, past rugby. Yeah, so it's not going to be forever. So I rang him up and just said, yeah, I'll drop down a division, and and that way that would have helped you focus on. Like yeah, figuring me, out post retirement stuff. Yeah, yeah. it gave me more time to you know to do what I I, I want to do off the field and and, and enjoy a bit. I think when you go into rugby, you're, you're structured all your life. So mm. it's training three times a day. You get told what to eat, what supplements. It's, it's almost like being in the army. I, I say, you, know, <laughs> you miss. It's so structured. Yeah. Yeah. You play. You know, weekends you don't go out with your friends and stuff. So I enjoyed that side of it, getting my social life, getting back with friends and. and yeah, kind of a life. Right? Did you study in your last year with like with the Crusaders and sort sort of stuff? Yeah, I, or? I started studying uh, at Salford. Okay. So luckily, while we was going through this, the coach Phil Phil Vies at the time just said to us, "Look, you, you don't know what's going to happen. This club could be folding next year. It could be, you know, have you got a plan in place?" And and I was going through. Yeah, I'll, I'll just go and get a normal job. I'd be a builder, or you know, I was probably naive. Yeah. Um, said right, we've got a, an educational thing. It's going to be like personal training, sports, going into nutrition. Should be easy for you guys to pick up. Yeah, because you guys are into the fitness anyway. Yeah. yeah. So we all went, yeah, fine. And, and we did that for, I think, it was about 18 months. Mm-hmm. I really enjoyed that. So I started looking at the more nutrition side, training side. Uh, when I went to North Wales, I just set my gym and, and doing PTs. And then I started doing the online courses of nutrition, started looking at mindset and Went down all that side of it, um, which really helped because it fitted in around the job, fitting in around rugby. And yeah, the, the club, I ended up saying, this is my last year with, with crew, I'll retire. Uh, we ended up winning a, a trophy, the Pro Cup, and nearly getting promoted again. Oh, wow. Which was a shock because they, they slashed all the money, they, they slashed all the plays and stuff. So we did really well. And, and they come back to me and said, it's up to you if you want to stay on. <laughs> so it was, go on then, I'll give it another year. Uh, did another year with them. said, that's it, finally retired. Yep. And I think I had two years out of the game. And the club had had some money problems. The coach had been sacked. And they rang me and Anthony Murray back up. who both kind of retired at the same time. We retired coaching, I retired playing. Yep. And just said, would you help the club out? I said, I'd go back as conditioner coaching. Yep. Anthony, good luck coaching and within about four games he, he turned around to me and just said do you fancy putting the boots back on um, <laughs> I think I made a comment saying I've not run for two years since playing and 
I'm fitter than half these boys on, on this field. And he said, well, prove it then. And? and uh, did you? Yeah, later the week after, I put some boots. I hadn't run for two years. And I'd end up doing 80 minutes against working to one of the top teams. Yeah, wow. He just said, finish the season off with us. So I did that. <laughs> and then he went, if you had a proper pre-season under you, you'd get another year out yeah. So I went, okay, I'll try it. And ended up playing, I think, 15, 16 games. So, um, wow. But then I definitely retired. Then you definitely put, put, put the bits up. <laughs> Even though he keeps asking. But yeah, I, I think it's, it's, I'm lucky that even though I've had a lot of injuries and you know some serious ones, I don't want to keep pushing my body till, mm. to the point uh, where you're, you're, you're spent. You yeah, don't want to be doing that. Yeah. I'm, I'm walking around a mouth here. I, you know, I feel brilliant at the moment, you know, injury-wise and body-wise. So I don't want to push my luck and end up you know, with really bad injuries in one of them in the 50s, 60s. Yeah, no, that's, that's totally fair. Um, post-retirement, did you um, obviously... I mean, post last retirement, last final retirement. Yeah. Um, did you get into the physical um, side of things as a PT sort of thing, or did you go in a totally yeah, so, different direction? So when I first went to the Crusaders, I, I set up uh, a little PT studio slash gym with uh, another player who's at Salford with. Mm-hmm. Um, he plays for Toronto still now, Adam Sidlow. Mm-hmm. So it was kind of me running it on my own, and he, he so. I kind of started doing that on the side, part-time kind of thing. And, and then as each year got a little bit less commitment to the rugby, I started putting a bit more in. And uh, for, I think, six and a half years now, I've been been running the gym full-time. And with the COVID... I was going to say, how did it go with COVID? Yeah, we, we, we were shut just over, I think it was four and a half months. Oh, uh, shit. And, yeah, it, it, it's just it's, it's every business. I think you, you kind of got to adapt and... and Luckily for things like Zoom and stuff, we, mm. we, we kind of tailored it to online. And, and what it's done with me, it's given me another opportunity to set up another business. So now I, I'm actually doing online full-time as well. Okay, as um, in full-time PT online? It, it's not PT, we, we call it a lifestyle hub. So we look okay. at um, you know diet, training, um, mental well-being, just pretty much touch everything in lifestyle. Um, it's something I've been... I'll be doing for about two, three years, one-on-one with a client. So this is more group stuff, and okay. and it's all been online with apps and, and and Facebook groups and stuff. So we've kind of adapted on, on my end. And well, you've got to you, you've got to adapt with the a the definite big changes yeah. issue with COVID, but in general, you know, with yeah. with future and whatnot. So I, th- I think for for me, the uh, is technology is probably a big disadvantage for me. I'm I'm kind of like the old school. Of, writing things down on paper hey i'm using a notepad right now with my topics <laughs> yeah. uh, so you know sitting down doing zoom calls and stuff for the last four months is, is has been you know tough for me but as you can see today i'm i'm, I'm getting more comfortable as as, as more i do and, and and same with using the apps and, yep. and, and luckily I'm, I'm i'm under a couple of good companies that are you know helping me to build and, and, and progress this this online stuff and i mean my plan is to kind of step back from the gym work and and you know concentrate fully online so again can get a bit more of my life back because uh, the hours of the gym are you know generally nights and early mornings and you know you've got the, the afternoons pretty much doing nothing so you know i just want to get a bit more of my life back now as i'm getting a bit older and, and start enjoying a little bit more of 
kind of semi-retirement as we, as we say. Yeah, no, that's totally fair. Um, talking about a bit of your rep footy time when you were playing in the Super League, you played for England and Great Britain. What was it like and what was the intensity in a game and also training level um, in those, you could say, camps, for lack of a better term, um, like compared to Super League and the whole experience? Oh, as it, well, experience-wise, I think... I was in about three or four of the camps before I actually got a game. And mm-hmm. they brought me in, I think it was an early 20s, and they just said to me, use it as a learning experience. You're not going to play this camp, but we want you to experience. At the time, there was, you know, school for Farrell, Long, Price. <laughs> it, was, it was like walking back in Wigan when I was <laughs> 18. I was just walking around. Like, oh. Yeah. And then and watch them train, or keep seeing you. You know, people I, I played against in Super League, but they were like, Kind of my heroes as well, mm-hmm. and, and and it was great. You know, I ended up uh, like two years, three years on the boats, kind of staying with the St. Helens boys and, and mingling with them, and kind of being friends with, with them, which was weird because it was probably eight, nine, and Wigan lads in, and eight, nine Wigan boys and the lead boys. So, so like you know, mixing with them, and, and, and you know, then you're playing against them, and they're playing against yeah. them in Super League. It's yeah. like. What? <laughs> yeah, it, it, it does get weird, but the intensity of the training is, I think when you've got that calibre of players in, in, you know, on one field or under one roof, it, it just steps up. They challenge each other, you know, you've got Stolfart and Farrell, two of the best loose forwards in, in Super League. And, you know, once they start bouncing off each other, you've got Jamie Peacock, you've got Monto, Adrian Marley. It, it, it's, it's quite easy to just, you know, follow the lead and bounce off them. Mm-hmm. You know, as the games, I think it's, if you speak to anybody with, with rep football, it, it, it comes twice as fast, twice as physical, twice as hard as, as you know, Super League. Or, or, and the game's over literally in the blink of an eye, from what yeah, I've been told. I couldn't tell you anything about any of the games. I couldn't tell you, you know, what, what score it was or what anything. So it literally just, like I said, you're on, you're off. Yep, literally it's a matter of they really only remember the, the build-up, the anthem, and then nothing. Yeah. <laughs> It's, it's just gone a blink of eye, and yeah. So I did. I did quite a few of the camps, and, and I got. I was lucky enough to get in a few games. Uh, probably the, the sad thing for me is I had probably the best players in the world in, in my positions at the time. And, so you were and, fighting for the for the starting positions. Yeah, you know, people like Kevin Simfield on on kind of standby at loose forward, and then you got John Wilkin and then Sean O'Loughlin. Yep. You know, like best loose forwards in front of me, and. And and then you're pushing out the centres like keep seeing you and stuff and I was just looking around going, I, I you know to be even mixing these and even even have a chance to you know to challenge these as a position you know, as a young as a young player was like you know, a massive honour for me and you know to get that chance and play over them as well was you know I, I never even thought it when I first started off you know playing for Wigan was probably my ultimate goal. Yep. Uh, playing you know in Super League, so many games would have been a bonus. Mm. And then playing at Wembley and, and playing for my country was, you know, the icing on, on the cake. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, and speaking of, you know, what you're doing now, we were talking about, um, you know, your PT stuff and all that. But let's get to some fun type topics. Uh, how, how do you like your steak cooked? Oh, medium. Medium? Medium rare or medium well? Uh, medium well. Yeah. No, it depends on how I feel, but yeah. Yeah. No, that's fair. Um, what current show on Netflix are you binging, or did you just recently binge? Right, so lockdown. I'm not a big TV fan, but lockdown, I've pretty much done everything on Netflix. So, yep. Uh, Ozark. Classic, yep. Yeah. And Adrian Morley recommended Ozark the other day. And what other one do you reckon? 
Uh, I did the, the Tiger King. Oh, that's uh, a, that, that's a cracker, isn't it? <laughs> so crazy. <laughs> At the moment, I'm struggling because I'm flicking through. Think there's there's nothing competed to like what we've been watching in lockdown. So I'm just flicking to see what anything. To okay, watch. real talk, real talk. Did Carol Baskin have a husband killed? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I reckon, I reckon, hey, oh, it's crazy. If you could have a superpower, what would it be and why? Oh, uh, geez, I've never been asked that. Invisible? Yeah. The, the, I think it'd be cool to be invisible in the sense of you could be a fly on the wall in a room yeah. sort of thing, you know? What people are saying about me. Yeah, could have, like, yeah, if you yeah, had the power yeah. back when you were playing, you could have been in yeah, the boardroom, yeah. like, am I playing this week or not? Yeah. <laughs> and you can't get rid of me. Oh, yeah, sure. You could be like, hmm, <laughs> uh, what's your current beer of choice? Oh, I'm, I'm more of a gin and slim line at the moment. Okay. Uh, okay, so gin and slim line. I probably add. Uh, Moretti man at the moment. Moretti, them too, but I am a gin slim line mm-hmm. normally. No, that's fair enough. Um, who was your rugby league um, hero or idol that you watched when you were growing up as a kid? Oh, there was quite a lot. Mm-hmm. I, I always saw probably probably two main ones uh, at Wigan uh, was Dennis Betts and Mick Cassidy. Back where I was, um, I, I kind of tried to model my my work ethic off them too when I was a you know. 10, 11, 12 year old. Uh, but there was, you know, pretty much half that team at Wigan was. was Star studded. Yeah. Yeah. You could pick any one of them and, and, and loved it. Now that's awesome. Um, what was I going to say? So I'm just, anyone who's uh, watches this episode, I'm, it's not that I'm not interested. I'm looking down at me notes, trying to, trying to figure out which other notes I need to add. Um, you played for Lancashire from in the War of the Roses game which is to anyone who's in australia and listening to this it's the equivalent of state of origin because it was lancashire versus yorkshire um what was that like for you and i tried to google it because it just wouldn't say how many games you played so i'm just going to say you played for them which you did what was that like compared to say an international game yeah i played i played once for them uh it didn't really take off over here which is, mm. is a shame because i think it was great yeah, I had to start somewhere, you know, I think the state of origin had to start right at the beginning. I'm sure they weren't, you know, the big crowds and the, and the, the big players, but oh. it, it, it was, for me, it was that step up between the internationals, I think. I got picked yep. off the first international squad off that game. Okay, so it was kind of like a in-between Super League and international sort of yeah, level, do you reckon? Kind of turned into more like a trial game to get in the, the training squad. Okay, yep. Uh, after it was sold, there was a place, so... We couldn't get in the the Great Britain squad unless she was injured, unless she played in these games, which was, you know, again to get selected for these. You knew you were doing the right things, and hmm. and, and the divide at times it was pretty much Wigan Saints with one or two players from other clubs. And then yeah, it, yeah, it was Leeds, Wigan, and St Helens. That, oh, Leeds would probably be Yorkshire more so. Yeah, so it was literally you know the, the best players are the best, and, and uh, yeah, the camps. There wasn't had any training, probably since it's there. We've literally met up one day, did training session, did meeting, went home, played that week, went back to playing Super League. Two weeks later, met up one day, played. Um, there was literally no camps and nothing, so we had no prep, um, you know, not really much to, to think. But again, you had that calibre of plays, you could just, you're playing there, you're playing there, you're playing there. You know what I mean? You all, you all know what you're doing, you do it week in a week out. Basic game plan and go for it. But 
I remember getting my, my first game for him. I was, I was maybe on the bench and I remember coming down to the hotel and it was Chris Joint playing then at, at my position at back row. Mm-hmm. And he, he just collapsed, collapsed in front of us all. Just, and the doctor got there and then I think he just had a, a panic attack or something. Oh, he's, okay. He's, he's not playing. He's not playing today. We, you know, medically, he's not fit. So they just Is, he, he, he's all right now, though. And, and, yeah, yeah. He's uh, fine. Okay, he, okay. He was just ill at the time and I think he just... Just not eating up or drinking up. Okay. Just, okay. I was like, shit, don't tell yeah. me he dropped up a heart attack or something. <laughs> so it just, it just, he just collapsed and it was up and, and moving. He just said, they're not, not physically to play. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so I just jumped from the bench then to start. And, and yeah, it was good. It was, you know, again, mixing with some of the old timers at the time. I, I, I am gutted to see that go. I think mm. the second we did it, I, I, I was injured, so I didn't get selected at the time. Um, and then I think it got kind of scrapped or dropped down into one game. And yeah, and it, it was on for about four or five years or so, yeah. and then it just sort of stopped. And I don't know why, um, as in maybe because it was not as watched. I don't know, but I, I, I love the concept of State of Origin, and so therefore it's definitely, it's the very sim- very same concept, obviously, but Lancashire versus Yorkshire, you know? Um yeah, I, I love the concept, so that's that's great to hear. And I hope they do bring it back one day, um, because it'd be great. It'd be great to see. Um, what was I going to do? Pranks or routines? Uh, no, actually, let's go with... Um, during your time in the Super League and international and all that jazz, um, which team was the toughest to go up against for you personally, mentally and physically? Uh at the time, I probably said Bradford Bulls. Oh, they were a powerhouse, uh, yeah. Yeah, when when they had the big, the biggest probably team in, in the area when they were winning the Super League. You know, you had Volcano on the wing, and and you had Paul Anderson in the middle, and so I think it was just sheer. You knew you was going to get up. Stuart Field and Paul uh, Deacon. Paul Deacon, you controlled them, and you just knew you was going to get up. It doesn't matter if you was on the best. You knew you was going to get your body was going to get battered, and I was yep. still on the earth. A scrawny kid at the time, so yep. it was only like 87, 89 kilos. Oh, wow! And so, um, yeah, probably said them at St. Helens, probably one of the best, but being a Wigan, a Wigan player and a Wigan lad, it was so easy to get up with them games, even though mm. the big rivalry, yep, yeah, it was so easy to get up for them. So, Bradford was a t- always a tough one, especially going down to, to Wadsall, mm. uh, and, and like I said, the big, just the sheer size of the players was always tough. Now that's fair. Um, pardon me. Um, during your time at each club, um, was there anyone that had like a standout, weird pre-game ritual or routine that you remember? Oh, right. So I could pick a few, but okay. So give me a few. So Wigan, I, I kind of picked quite a few off Wigan. Uh, I've kind of took it on my own. Wigan was more. So we had the characters Brian Kearney, uh, Terry Newton, you know, Chris Rads. Chris Rath was always sitting with the headphones on music, just thinking about his game series. But then you'd have Terry Newton by Cardiff playing jokes and moving bags, you know, mm-hmm. before the game, yeah. adding the boots. And, and, <laughs> and I always remember when the, 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 they still, I don't know if they still do it now, but the touch judges come in to check their studs. It's like old school to see. If yeah, to make sure they're, they're legal. Yeah. But so you show the back of your studs and they touch them with their hands. And then Terry Newton used to put his feet about half an inch off the floor. <laughs> so the judges almost lying on the floor and, trying to get up. And yeah. Just good luck. It was like laughing. Um, 
so we always we always did the same like when we went to Huddersfield a couple of us went there and a couple of Wigan lads and such judges are in and we'd be touching our feet all to the floor and laughing and joking and uh, there was there's quite a few lads at Huddersfield and Salford I don't think I only picked it up when I was older that the massive rituals they have of putting the left sock on the and then the even the boot one boot on and one boot off and uh, Ray Cashmere was always he was massive OCD so he used before and after training he used to shower after every session so he used to train three times a day so he used to shower in between okay in the change rooms he'd be brushing up any mud in, in the middle of this is before the game yep as in, in in the change rooms or just his certain yeah. sections no the full change oh wow he didn't want any mess so I used to wait to clean put up me- and then, get and then put mess <laughs> just get all the dirt off and stuff and just to wind him up yep um, there was lads, you know, sat in certain places, and thankfully, I'd never ever been really one for rituals. Um, I don't believe in like, you know, put your boots on and stuff's going to affect your game. But yeah, there was there was quite a few at Salford, and really, especially the young lads as well. Okay. You had to do certain things, and you couldn't put the shirt on until they were walking out and stuff. So okay, that's I used that. To kind of drum people and, and kind of push it a little bit, you know, try to hide the shirts and yep. you know, try to get them out of that routine, which was probably bad at me at the time. But, you know, I mean, it's not really. It's a bit of fun, you know. There's uh, David Clemmer, who plays in the NRL. Apparently, he has to be the last one off the bus when they get to the stadium, and the boys on the team bus try and, you know, make him not the last one. And, oh, it's just, it's funny to hear that sort of stuff, you know. As in, obviously, and I mean no ill will to David or anyone that has routines, but it's just so, it's like surely as a team, you know, you you guys are bonded and stuff, so you would fuck with them a bit, you know? Yeah, I think... I, I, it's a bit of banter, really. Outside, yeah, but from the outside, it might seem like, but when you've spent, you know, you spend... The whole year! You, you spend, with, you know, more with these guys and, and your family and your loved ones, so... Yeah. You know, you know which buttons to press and which ones not. Exactly, and you know when it's like a day not to press the buttons and all yeah. that jazz. Exactly. Yeah, with your partner and stuff, so it's... We are a family. When you're in that environment for you know 24/7, you know what you're doing. Uh, even though it does seem harsh from the outside, mm. you know there's nothing, nothing ill about it. It's just really just pushing it up a bit of fun. Exactly. And I just got two more topics. Um, what are your thoughts on the new six again rule for the Super League? Obviously, the NRL um, have gone gangbusters with it. It's gone so well. Um, what are your thoughts on how the Super League are handling it? Yeah. Do you know what? It was a bit of a shock when I, when I heard about it and, and I watched a couple of the, the first games. But I think we've, we've adapted as well. Hmm. I think the probably shock was we technically we've started the season and they brought it in. That, that's that's what they did with the NRL as well. Like yeah. rounds one and two, there was no six again. And yeah. then after COVID, it's, oh, there's six again. Yeah, I think, it, you know, there's not many sports that would do that. To, hmm. You know, you want to in football to bring you know, a new real change in, after so many games. But... I think the, the teams are adapted to it, and I think it's made the game a lot faster. Oh, it has. It's a lot faster than when I was playing Super League. Every year gets faster. I mean, Super League, in my opinion, is, has always been faster than NRL, um, and NRL caught up with the six again, yeah. and then now with the six again in the Super League, it's just Super League's taken off a little bit more than like than, than it was before, and I think it's I, I love it. I really do. Yeah, I think. I think it's got teams now restructuring for next year mm-hmm. because you're going to have to have fitter front rowers. You're going to have. There's a lot. There's a lot more ball running. Yeah, 
Like yeah, I've yeah. I've seen one team a few years ago. That's a few years ago. Sorry, a few rounds ago. I can't remember which team it was. They got like three or or four six agains, and that's when I'm trying to think. Okay, when does it become a penalty? You know, yeah, bigger. I, I I believe after two six agains yeah. in a row, the third, if it's going to be called, should be a penalty. I think they're probably going to have to weigh in some stuff in in the off season mm. to see what worked and what didn't, and and that. For me, I, I agree. I think you're going to just going to be rolling and rolling these six agains, and, and it's not affecting you know, the opposition. I think you, yeah. you need to put a stop to it. Anyway. And I mean, there are obvious blatant things when it comes to like, okay, that's a penalty. It's not a six again. You know, like yeah. a blatant high tackle and all that stuff. But like, yeah, as I just mentioned, yeah, you got to think, okay, it's getting ridiculous the amount of six agains that are being called in, in succession for one team. It's, yeah. I reckon after the, like the second, you then give them a warning. You know, if you do it again, yeah. you're going to get penalised. And then if there's, you know, then of course you blow the whistleblower penalty. Um, yeah. But maybe make it a differential penalty so they can't go for the two points. Yeah, I think, you know, we've used it as a bit of a, a guinea pig this year to, mm. to see what works and what doesn't. I think get the opinion of the referees, get the opinion of the players and the coaching staff of it once the season's finished and, and come up with some basic guidelines for the referees. Yeah, well, I mean, I've spoken to some of the NRL refs um, and they seem, well, first of all, they love it because it takes a bit of the responsibility off them in the sense of if they get a call wrong and the captain's just say, no, sorry, that's the captain's challenge, brain fart. Um, But even then with the captain's challenge and six again as well, it's a, they don't, instead of calling a penalty and stopping the play, you know, they can just say six again and the game continues, you know. And what are your thoughts on the captain's challenge? Yeah, I've not really seen much of it at the moment. So, uh, it, again, it's one of them we're going to have to see how it works. I think if, you, if you're a smart captain and you know when to challenge and, and try to slowly you know, change the game or slow mm. it down, uh, that's my only kind of opinion of it. If, a lot of captains and and a lot of teams in the NRL. Sorry to interrupt. Um, a lot of teams in the NRL, when they've adapted it to, if they haven't used it in like, by the last 10 minutes, they'll use it in the last five just to give their team a breather, even if it's like an obvious knock-on and they'll challenge it just to give them that breather. I think what we don't want to do is turn into kind of a time out. Mm. That's that's what they're treating it as sometimes at the end of the game. And I'm like, mate, get fit. I think it's kind of bending the rules into it. They've given, I think we just need some guidelines around these rules, when and what can we challenge for and, you know, when when is this six again going to be used and, and when it can't be, you know, a penalty and it's just ironing them out. And I think if you if you're a smart captain, a smart team, you, you know, you're trying to bend them as as much as possible by breaking them. And mm. you know, the smart players, like especially the old timers, will will use it as a timeout um, when, when they need it. And that's probably my only downside of it at the moment. But I'm not playing and, and running round. So, yeah. you know, if I would, I'd be using it to, to get the time out and, and, and use it myself that way. So, you know, pros and cons to everything at the moment. Exactly. Um, I, I like to liken it to the DRS in cricket. You know, it's very similar. Obviously, you get three challenges, I think, or two with the DRS. I think the NRL and Super League in general could do with having two um, per team. It's only one per team. Obviously, if, you, if you're successful, you keep that challenge and then you can technically, technically get two. I reckon they should. I believe they should be allowed to, if it goes to golden point. They should have one for the main part of the eighty minutes, and then another one, even if they lost that challenge in in the eighty minutes, into extra time. Yeah, I think it's a fair call, isn't it? I think 
there's probably people suggested the same thing and, and hopefully you know the people who make the decisions have a think have a shuffle yeah but I mean, all they can do is yeah, just give it a, give it a look, yeah. see how it goes in, in the off season. You know, I'm sure it's easy to drop down back to one, then then put two halfway through. A year exactly. And, and see, then it's always easy to drop down to, to one decision or then then give one. Yeah, exactly, exactly. And the la- last bit of topic I've got is what advice would you give to any kids or you know teenagers, youngsters in general that would try and love to get into you know the big league one day. Oh, I think first of all, you play rugby for fun. You mm. play because you enjoy it for the team. So for me, it was never. I never started. I started playing at seven, eight year old, and I never said to myself, "I want to play Super League" until probably fourteen, fifteen. Okay. Um, so start playing for fun, and and expect failure. You get turned down. I, I turned down from five, six clubs. I got turned down from Wigan twice before I actually got on the scholarships. So, oh wow! You know, you've got to keep knocking at that door. Um, I, 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 got, I was doing a lot of school working and speaking to kids before COVID and one of the big things I said was you know, all my friends from my team signed up Wigan when they were 13, 14 uh, which kind of knocked me back a little bit uh, I had to go and get a job I was working on the roofs at 17 they were going in full-time training and stuff um, I almost give up mm. I'm playing part-time rugby and, and took an opportunity of, of playing part-time with no money while we're still playing. So, you know, you've got to take a bit of a gamble and, and back yourself. But I always say, expect failure, but don't fail. Okay. Okay. Giving up. Um, yeah, the only way, like, the only way you fail is by giving up. So... Yeah. Okay. Um, more, yeah, game. so more or less, don't be afraid to fail, if that makes sense. Yeah, I think you've got to learn from it. You know, why, why, at the time, it's hard when, you, you know, when you're a young teenager and... and you know, you've been told you're not big enough, you're not fast enough, and stuff. It's like an industry, you know. You got to have the knockbacks to improve. Yeah. Um, I improved every time I got knocked back, and why I got knocked back, um, and, and thankfully it took me a bit longer, but I got there at the end, and, and you know, it ended up doing doing some big games and, and having a full career out of it, which you know they told me that at 17 when I took that part time contract, you know, I snatched grand off and, and, and took it either. Yeah, no, that's fair. Um, literally, that's all the topics I've got listed and a few extra ones that I threw in there as well. So thank you very much for joining me um, and joining us, I could say, on the Final Tackle podcast. Um, I'll get you on at the end of the season of the um, Super League season and we can do like a wrap-up as to how Wigan went or Salford, whichever club you want to go with, as like a 2020 season uh, recap sort of thing. Yeah, that'd be brilliant.